Today, we will be diving into the crimes of Michelle Blair, also known as the Detroit Freezing Mom. She was a mother of four, and from the outside looking in, she was a loving mother. However, what was supposed to be a routine eviction turned into a murder and child abuse investigation. Stay tuned for all the details. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Charlie J, and welcome back to Crime Time with the Fine Dime. Thank y'all for rocking with me for this month. And if you haven't noticed, this month I have been focusing on um, black murderers only. Next month, I will be focusing on missing cases, solved and unsolved. So I just wanted to let y'all know that each month I'm going to try to focus on a certain type of crime. Each month, I'm going to figure out, you know, a different type of crime to discuss and research. So, I hope y'all have been enjoying it. If you have, like, any other subjects you want me to discuss, like, different types of crimes, just email me or I'm heavily active on my Facebook discussion group, Crime Time with the Fine Dime. Just go ahead and let me know. Comment on the post or make your own post. I'm here for it all. (laughs) So before we go ahead, I want to go ahead and give a warning, y'all. We gotta get down to the get down to business first. Gotta handle that first. So please know that this case, baby, you need to hide your kids for real, okay? And check your mental health before you listen. This case involves sexual abuse of a child, physical child abuse, child murder, and crime scenes explained in great detail. Listener discretion is advised all right y'all so let's go ahead and get into this crazy case um michelle blair was born may 10th 1979 and to my understanding she was born raised and still resided in detroit michigan and from our research it shows that michelle did not have an easy life like at all she grew up having to deal with things no child should have to suffer through her father was never around so she was raised by her mother and she had to live in low-income housing deal with poverty seeing violence in their neighborhood just all the things that unfortunately comes with having to live in the hood you know and in the dangerous part of the city now please know that i'm not making excuses for what she did when we get further into it and i'm not even down talking the city of detroit i would not degrade the city of detroit either This is just another city like any other one that has some good areas and some not so good areas. And unfortunately, she was in the not so good area. It's a sad reality, but we're going to get back to the story. So, Michelle was also abused growing up. She said she was physically abused by her mother. And she was even sexually abused on multiple occasions by one of her mom's female friends and y'all in an interview she said that she told her mom what happened to her and her mom said and I quote this from Michelle it's over with so what the f you want me to do about it basically telling her like what's done is done like you're just gonna have to live with it what you want me to do call the police like I could just imagine the sarcasm and the trauma she instantly felt when her mom said that so y'all that was just that was just one of the most disgusting things i have ever heard like who the freak says that to their child 
And she was still forced to see her abuser constantly because her mother never stopped this person from coming to their home. And this, along with the physical abuse and definitely emotional abuse, this traumatized Michelle. She did not cope well with it at all, hence why we are talking about her today, okay? So, Michelle became pregnant with her first child at 18. And, of course, it was a struggle because she didn't have help to raise her child. She eventually had four children in total. Uh, two of the children's names I will not release. They are hidden for a reason, so we're going to leave it at that. But she had four children, and it seems as though she really didn't have help from the fathers either. So she was all alone raising her four babies. And evidence came up that Michelle constantly abused her children too. So basically she did what she knew. She knew the abuse from her mama. So she trickled it on down to her kids. And y'all, if you see like, well, I will post it on, uh, I have Twitter now, y'all. So I will post all these photos on my social media accounts of the townhouse they lived in, y'all. It was disgusting. Like, it was filthy. Like, you know when your friends come over and your kids made a mess. And you're like, excuse the mess, y'all. No, it wasn't that. No. It was dirty. Like, you can smell the pictures. Okay? I ain't trying to be funny, but I'm for real. You can smell the pictures. And it was also stated that the children were malnourished, bruised, all the things. All the things. And there were several reports of abuse to the proper authorities, which it did lead to an investigation in 2005. But, honey, the system failed. The system failed on that one. Like, they did not take the kids away. Nothing. None of the things. And also, what I want to really lay down heavy on y'all is that Michelle said in court that she told her kids that the worst thing you can do is rape a person or sexually abuse a person and also claim false rape on the person. So she really like instilled it in them. Like she said that on a regular basis. I'm sure from the trauma she went through from telling her mom and her mom not doing anything, like, one thing she did say was, if something like this happens, tell me, and she gonna handle it. Like, don't keep anything like this from her, and don't do anything like this to a person, because it could really negatively affect a person. So, now, even though she was, like, physically abusing them, baby, she drew the line I guess with the sexual abuse and the rape, she there was a clear line right there, and this is where we will get into the murder. So again, before I go into detail, listener discretion is advised. Okay, listen again. Listener discretion is advised. In August 2012, Michelle came home and saw her son, her youngest son doing sexual things to some dolls in his room well no like in the living room downstairs of the townhouse and naturally she asked him about it like you know what's what's going on where did you see this was you watching something you weren't supposed to did 
somebody do this to you and she just wanted to know what happened you know so her son the baby then told her that his brother steven was doing these sexual things to him and she went upstairs to steven's room and asked well confronted him about it and she said he eventually confessed and this is when the itch hit the fan y'all this is when it get gruesome so steven's official date of death according to michelle because she remembers the accounts like everything she did she goes into great detail and she knows the days her children were murdered august 30th 2013 nine-year-old steven life officially ended so this is what happened to steven michelle said that you know as her youngest son was telling her what was happening and what steven did to him she was punching him he was nine years old she was punching him like giving him a blow every time her youngest son would say what he did to him at night and she said that even, a, I'm sorry, y'all, this is a hard case to talk about, but Stephen will rape the youngest son and even pee on him in the middle of the night. She even said that Stephen made her youngest son, like, go down to the basement, and she said her youngest son described it as drink the blue stuff, which most of us know is Windex. So... As I describe what she did to him, it's like whatever the youngest boy said Stephen did to him, she tried to inflict that same pain on Stephen to basically show him, how do you like this? How does it feel? She put a garbage bag over his head because she said that her youngest son would say that they would put plastic bags on his mattress because of course he woke up every day and it was just pee all over him so you know to save the mattress or to avoid getting in trouble they would put plastic bags on there and Steven would tell the youngest boy to like roll over on his stomach and like push his head down the bag as he was trying to rape him and he said that he couldn't breathe it was times when he couldn't breathe as this was going on so she, that's when she decided to put a garbage bag over Steven's head to, you know, I guess inflict that same pain until he lost consciousness. And she did this several times. And then her youngest said that Steven would sometimes put things around his neck to choke him. So she put a belt around his neck and held him up like in the air with, with the belt around his neck until he again lost consciousness. She did say she did not intend to kill Stephen. She also poured hot water. She said that in her in their bathroom the water gets scalding hot. And she let the hot water run over his genital area several times to the point where skin was coming off. And she also made him drink Windex the same way that the youngest boy accused Stephen of making him do. Stephen on August 30th eventually succumbed to his injuries and he died. He, She said he 
um she came into his room and he threw up so he had like throw up on his bed or the floor or whatever and um she said he went into the bathroom and he could have used the bathroom i don't know what was going on but basically he eventually like his heart started um slowing down and eventually stopped and he died and she was going to turn herself in but her youngest son told her not to because he didn't want her to go to prison so she stored him in a white deep freezer in their living room y'all like when I show y'all the pictures of where that white freezer was at, it was like out in the open, like the freezer where you stick popsicles in. And, you know, it was just a regular freezer out in the open. She did not have it hidden. It wasn't in the basement. It wasn't in the backyard or nothing. It looked like when you walk into there and just before you get into the kitchen, the freezer is right there, just sitting there with a body inside of it. And then on, I believe like nine months later, May 25th, is Stoney, her daughter's official uh, death date. Is when she started, you know, a couple of days before, she started to abuse Stoney more, will punish her because the youngest boy started you know complaining about Stoney as well and told Michelle what Stoney did to him now she again basically did the same thing to Stoney as she did to Stephen she constantly punched her as um baby boy was explaining what Stoney did to him and just basically finding a new way to assault her every single time whatever she whatever was claimed that she did to the baby boy he did to her she did to her and she intentionally starved Stoney. Like, her, her intent for Stoney was to kill her. Because not only did, was, not only was Stoney accused of raping Baby Boy, she was also accused of raping Steven. And Michelle basically said in court, she ruined her baby. She ruined Steven and called both of them Steven and Stoney demons. She said she does not claim to have four children. She claims to only have two, the two surviving ones. She kept punching her over the head. She put a bag over her head as well until she became unconscious. She did this several times. She put her in the tub as well, kept throwing hot water over her, the scalded hot water, beat her with a wooden stick several times in her head, um, kicked her in her bag to the point where she fractured her tailbone, repeatedly hitting her. She said that um, apparently Stoney would take her period soaked pad and squeeze it into the mouth of Michelle's youngest son. Like, <sighs> she had Stoney, um, again, she had Stoney in a tub pouring hot water on her, hitting her in the head with the wooden stick. Michelle said that Stoney admitted to abusing her brothers. And said that she hated them. Stoney hated her brothers. Michelle suffocated Stoney to death with a plastic bag. That's eventually how she officially died. 
And after that, she stuffed Stoney's body on top of Stevens in that same freezer that was sitting, y'all. Like, it looked like it was sitting in the living room. Two children's bodies were stuffed in a white deep freezer. A normal, regular, schmegler deep freezer that you see at anybody's house. Two dead bodies was in there. For years. Years. Okay. So... After all that, um, she pretty much was getting away with it. I mean, she forced her kids, her oldest daughter, the only two living are her oldest and her youngest. The two middle children are the ones that she killed. Her oldest daughter said that in one article that she actually had to help Michelle put Stoney's body in the freezer. So the kids knew that their siblings were in the deep freezer. They knew that they were in the deep freezer, sitting in, sitting outside the kitchen. And also, it was said in an article that they were forced to stay out of school for two years. So, of course, this went unnoticed. Like, their kids aren't in school. Her kids not in school. Um, She's the mother. She doesn't really talk to her family. She doesn't talk to the fathers of her children. So, nobody asked questions. She never reported them missing or anything. So, she just was going on by her day. Going on like nothing happened. But she has her two babies in this freezer. Now, as far as the fathers, um... The two oldest kids had the same father, and the two youngest kids had the same father. So it's two different fathers involved. One of the fathers, I believe, the one to the to Stephen, he was in prison for a while, and when he got out of prison, he said he tried to call, you know, to talk to his kids, but Michelle prevented him from doing so because she she told him that Stephen was mad at him for, you know going into prison and not being in his life and he just never called again which you know what the fathers in this case pissed me off too because one of them is trying to sue the state which I get don't get me wrong I get your baby died your baby was murdered and the state failed when they did the um, check and everything but they didn't push to see their kids they never, you know, it doesn't seem like they really was trying to be active in their children's lives. It's like Michelle just said, they don't want to talk to you. Or they visiting family members. So, you can't talk to them. And they just left it alone. That's weird. That's weird to me. To me. But... That's what happened now. Michelle did not have, um, well, let me tell y'all how they figured out what was going on. Um, of course, Michelle, I guess, got behind on bills. So, it was going to be a routine eviction, landlord, sheriff, and all that stuff. Y'all know how evictions were. They was coming to take her stuff out. And that's when they made the gruesome discovery of the two dead bodies in the freezer. The medical, the coroner said that it took two days for the bodies to thaw out, for them to do a proper examination. 
and they noticed all the bruises, the burns, the cuts, the the bludgeon marks, everything, all the abuse they endured on the last couple days of their lives. It was torture, straight torture. And what's crazy to me is the youngest watched it, watched it all. And as she was continuously abusing them, he would like say, oh, basically like, oh, Stoney did this too. Steven did this too. As the abuse was going on, as he was seeing like your, your sister and brother dying, but he kept going like, you know, it's more. They did this too. They did this too until they died. Like it was sickening. And you can really tell that basically... These children were abused. It seems they were abused so much, they just became a product of their environment. Like, I don't know. It was no... Of course, they checked Stephen to see if there was any physical signs of sexual abuse, and there wasn't any. Not saying that he lied. Um, not saying that Stoney and Stephen didn't. didn't actually do what they were accused of because we don't know and honestly it seems like we'll never know the truth we never will so i don't know if baby boy was actually telling the truth or if stoney was telling the truth or if steven was telling the truth we don't know we don't know and in an interview with crime watch daily Michelle was describing like how her six-year-old, which was baby boy, was explaining to her what his siblings did to him. Like she said, he was like scratching his face, rocking back and forth. And this triggered her because remember, her mother never did anything. Didn't do anything for her sexual abuse. And she said it really triggered her. She was like, she could tell. She could tell that her six-year-old was being abused because she said she was like I know the signs I know the signs like it was days like it was just happening under my nose and she was kind of like confused because nobody flat out said it but she said that her baby boy complained one time that his butt hurt when he had to go to the bathroom and she was like well maybe he just constipated of course that's what we naturally think so she tried to help ease his constipation you know juice whatever you know to help but as she was in the courtroom it's like she was like recollecting like well maybe it wasn't even that maybe it was because Steven did this to her baby or Stoney did this to her baby and she was like another time baby boy complained about stomach pains like he had like diarrhea throwing up like the symptoms of the stomach flu and she was like I thought it was just a stomach bug but come to find out Steven was making him drink Windex. It's like she was trying to connect the dots and trying to think about, you know, the stuff that happened in the past and connecting it to what possibly happened to baby boy. So she pled guilty, y'all. When she was caught, she said that the reason she put him in the freezer was because she called the police before and asked them about hypothetical situations. She said it hypothetically, like, what happens if a sibling abuses another sibling and they said they was going to take all of them. CPS would take all of them and do an investigation and she didn't want all her kids to be taken away. 
So this was she felt the need to put justice in her own hands and murder her two children. Or abuse her two children to the point where they were murdered and succumbed to their injuries. So when she was called, she did not deny what she did. She did not even feel any remorse for what she did. She still to this day does not feel any remorse for what she did to those two kids. She said in uh, the interview on Crime Watch Daily that 13-year-olds, I believe Sony was like 13, 13-year-olds commit heinous crimes every day, which is true. It's some kids to be murdering out here, to really be doing some crazy crimes out here. It's just true. She right, but she took it too far, okay? She took it too far. She put justice in her own hands. And these kids, the two, they're still living, baby, they will never be the same. Okay? Never, ever in their life will they be the same. They witnessed two of their siblings being murdered. They endured physical abuse. They had to, the oldest one had to help hide the body. Had to witness their mother get sentenced to life in prison. Judge Dana Hathaway, y'all. Dana Hathaway, if y'all don't remember, it's the same judge from the Gregory Green case. I know she's sick of it. I know she's sick of it, y'all. That lady probably got stories for days because she was involved in these two cases alone. She probably got stories for days. But she was sentenced to life in prison. She did not go to trial or anything. So it was basically just her confessing to what she did in front of the prosecutor and the defense. That's it. Basically, Michelle wanted to get her side out. So, she she didn't deny nothing, y'all. But, unfortunately, that is the case of Michelle Blair. Did Stoney... I just want to know what y'all think. Do y'all think that Stoney and Steven really did abuse, sexually abuse baby boy? Do you think baby boy was lying about it and he just wanted to see pain inflicted on his siblings or like I don't know what questions do y'all have and like what do y'all think happened I'm really intrigued because I really don't know I don't like the victim blame now but I also like I ain't finna condone murdering two kids like what uh uh so, just let's open a discussion, y'all. Um, go on my Facebook discussion group, Crime Time with the Fine Dime. Check me out on TikTok, Crime Time with the Fine Dime. Twitter and Instagram, same thing, all across the board. Um, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it, because I want to know. This case, and if you can't tell, as I was talking and doing the pauses, I was trying my hardest <laughs> Not to pause in between and have so much dead space, but my voice is even shaking talking about this case because it was just so horrible. Like, viewing the pictures of the crime scene or well, their living situation, hearing her talk about exactly what she did in court was terrible. It was just horrible. It it was sickening, y'all. I can't, I can't, very much uncomfortable, for sure, 
for sure. I don't know um, the update on the other two kids because their identities are hidden and rightfully so. Okay, rightfully so. I would want my identity hidden too. I'll probably change my name because I would not want to be involved. I don't want nobody asking me questions. Just let me live my life. I done been through enough. Okay, done. So I don't know if they're just living with relatives, were put in foster care, back with their fathers. I don't know. I don't know. We're going to leave that alone and we're going to pray that they are thriving and getting the therapy, the much-needed therapy that they are going to need, honey, probably for the rest of their life. But I hope y'all enjoyed this podcast. Well, not enjoyed, but felt it to be interesting. If you have any cases that you want me to discuss in the future, go ahead and email them to me or Contact me on any of my social media platforms. My email is crimetimewiththefinedime1 at gmail.com. Talk to me. Let me know what's up. All right? Peace and love, y'all. Be safe out there, honey. Do everything you need to do to stay aware in these streets. All right? Bye, y'all. Talk to y'all next week.